have to make entrance to make entrance, right? Yeah, that was a great, a great, a great song they just did. Um, Cody Carnes, if you know who that is, sings sings that. You need to get his version. Um, I'm not going to tell you who else sings it, but his version is the best one. So, nonetheless, that's it. It's good to see everybody. <laughs> it is really good to see everybody. I have missed um, seeing people when you when you talk. There's um, I like the car, I like the drive-in, because I can see some people in it, but it's nothing like this. And then if you're streaming, like, and you're just looking in a camera, you just don't, you just, I don't know. It's not a conversation anymore to me. So, but that's how I'm designed. Anyway, I'm glad you're here. All that to say, I'm glad you're here. Yeah, glad you're here. Yesterday, I went to Food Lion, and um, we had some excitement in Food Lion. A stray dog entered into Food Lion in Louisville. So... Um, I didn't even know that many employees worked at Food Lion. There, I mean, there was, because you never see them. You know, you're looking for the, for the uh, spaghetti packet. You're like, can't find anybody, but a dog comes in. Like 20 of them come out to usher the dog out. Yeah, it was a little white dog. So nonetheless, it was, it was fun. Um, the dog, however, I know why they got rid of the dog. It, it wasn't because he was barking. It wasn't wearing a mask. So there was, um, you know, that going on, so... You know, can't have that in there. So we're doing a series on God the Father. And um, this is part three of that series. By the way, this is my sweat rag. Um, Afterwards, for a donation of, I don't know, $15,000, we'll give this to you. I'll pray over. I'm just kidding. (laughs) If you ever grew up with that sort of thing, you you know what I'm talking about. Sorry. All right. Nonetheless, we're doing God the Father. And um, I don't. I don't know what type of father that you had growing up. Some people had good fathers. Some people had mediocre fathers. Some people, you know, it's all over the board. Um, there are father issues here, but then there's great fathers and all that kind of stuff. I personally had a great father. Um, he, he was absolutely incredible. And, and um, my dad is a very intelligent man. He built our house. Now, when most people say, and I didn't realize this until like I was an adult, because I was kind of oblivious when I was growing up. When most people say they're building a house, what they mean is they've hired a contractor to do this, and they've hired this person to do this, and they did all the plans. My dad um, drew the plans to our house, and he actually built our house. The only thing that he didn't do was uh, dig out the basement, and he didn't do the blocks in the basement, like the, the cinder blocks in the basement. You can see I didn't, I didn't get any of this from my dad. Um, <clears throat> cinder blocks in the basement. Um, in fact, there was a, anyway, that's a different story. Anyway, my dad's incredibly intelligent, very resourceful. So, so he ran all the electric. He, um, did the backside of the house in brick. He put in all the windows. He, you know, whatever you do, you mud stuff and you paint stuff and you do all that. He put in an attic fan. I mean, he was, he was just a guy. I did all the plumbing. I don't understand plumbing, but he absolutely understands plumbing. So he built this house, and, and it, was, it was really nice. Actually, the house is still standing today. I mean, he's that good at it. Um, so, and they live in it right now. But while he was building the house, he had the scaffolding system in place. And you've seen scaffolding before, right? And my dad told me never to go up the scaffolding. And it was a two-story scaffolding sort of apparatus. And he told me never to go up. Well, um, I listened to him. I did. I heard what he said. And I didn't really go up there, except for um, one day I had on my Batman costume. I was seven years old, and I had my Batman mask on, 
right, and my cape, and I was chasing after the joker. And the joker in my real pretend world went up the ladder, right, and across, you know, the scaffolding. So Batman couldn't let him go. So he went up the ladder and ran across the scaffolding. Well, what happened was while I was going after the joker, I slipped and I fell onto a pile of bricks. You know how when you're doing bricks, they break and then you throw them into this pile? Well, that was the pile I fell on and I fell just like this. But I didn't cry at the moment and, and I got myself together and I said, what's gonna happen to Batman? <laughs> same back time, same back chattel, id seed, dad! You know, then I was crying. I actually went through that whole thought process and if you don't believe that, you don't know me at all. That, that is exactly what happened. And so, and so I, I sat there. And so my dad came and he picked me up and he nursed whatever it was to help me, make sure there was nothing broken. I had nothing broken at all because I guess the way I fell, I don't know, but it hurt. And he didn't really even say anything about me being on the scaffolding. He didn't say, I told you not to go on the scaffolding. He didn't do anything like that. He just took me through the process of the pain that I had and, um, and then... You know, he helped me out. Um, Jonathan, if you can hear me, if you can turn me down just a little bit. I like to hear myself with that. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. So, so I say that to say this. My dad, when I was little, was the strongest man I knew. He was the strongest man I knew. He, he was the guy you went to. If you had to pick up something you couldn't pick up, he could pick it up. If you had something to fix, he could fix it. If anything that he did, my dad was the most powerful person that I knew. He was the best dad ever. He was the strongest dad ever. He was absolutely incredible. And that's how I viewed my dad. I'll submit to you today that my dad, in my eyes, is awesome and he's strong and he's incredible. But I have a heavenly father that's better than he is. I have a heavenly father that's stronger than he is. I have a heavenly father that comes to my rescue um, many times when he really doesn't need to. I have a heavenly father that comes to my rescue and he welcomes me back with open arms when really he should really get on to me for what I did because I've read the scriptures and I did things incorrectly anyway. We, if you're a child of God, have a heavenly father that's absolutely incredible and you and I need we need him. In fact, I would say this, whether your dad's good, medium, or bad, whichever one it is, I'll submit to you today that you need your heavenly father more than you do an earthly father, okay? That's what you need. So with that in mind, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one. And of course, I've said this for two weeks, but um, this is the God the Father series is actually an introduction to the book of Ephesians, but I wanted to pause here a moment and talk about this person of the Trinity. I also want to throw out that word Trinity because as I talk about this today, you may get the sense that I think there are three gods, but I don't. There are three gods in one. They're not three gods in one. Three personalities in one. That's the correct way to say it. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is a part of the same God. And I know that's a little confusing, but hey, he's God, and if he wasn't confusing, he wouldn't be God. Right? Yeah. I'm, I barely understand people, but God, you're not going not gonna to understand him, the way he works. Okay, three, you're going to understand some things. Okay, I'm not going to get into that. Verse three says this, 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. He, God the Father, predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now that word beloved there actually refers to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only begotten son of God. He's the only one with his same nature, with his same power, with his same knowledge, with his same essence. Jesus Christ is the only one that, that is like that because they're one. It's the Trinity. It's that way. But in this passage of scripture, God the Father chose people and he chose them into adoption, which is an amazing thing. In other words, God the Father made a decision way back in time that he was not only going to have Jesus Christ as his only begotten, but he was going to adopt some people and put them at the same level as Jesus Christ. Not in the sense of knowledge, not in the sense of we would be gods, not in that sense, but in the sense of family. God decided that you and I, whoever's received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, would, would be part of his family and he would feel affectionate toward you and I just like he does his only begotten son. This is an amazing truth, that God the Father loves you as much as he does Jesus Christ. Now, let that soak in a moment. There is no difference. Your adoption has the same um, standing as Jesus Christ. For instance, Jesus Christ is an heir of a kingdom. Guess who else is an heir of a kingdom? You and me. God has said that uh, we as children of God are heirs to his kingdom, and we will rule with Christ here on earth. I don't know exactly. I've said this a couple of times before. I still think about it. I don't know exactly which nations that I would rule, but I have a couple picked out that I would like to get a hold of, you know, right? Um, back, back in the day when I was asked what superpower I would like to be, um, I would like to have, you know, that question, what superpower? I would always answer um, Cold War Russia is what I would just let that float around in your mind a minute. Yeah. So he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. It's all through his son, but it's, but it's equal. It's, there's an equality there. Turn over in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says this. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Can you think about, of anybody else in Scripture that has ever cried out to Abba, Father, like in a garden? A very, yeah, Jesus. He cried out to Abba, Father. Same word, cried out to Abba, Father, and he talked to him. We have the same the same access to that father that Jesus has. And it's because of Jesus Christ. It's through him, according to Ephesians. But we have that same access. That is, that is an amazing thing. We have access 
to the strongest being ever. We have access to a father that is powerful enough to do anything for us. We have access to him. Our father, my father in heaven, is also rich. The Bible says he owns a, the cattle on a thousand hills. He owns more than that, but the point is he is very rich. So I have access to his riches. I have access to him. Every blessing available to Jesus Christ is also available to you and I. So what does all this mean? Well, it, it means that we need our Heavenly Father. We need him. We need him to be involved in our life. We need him to be present with us. Earlier this week, um, I talked to a friend of mine um, that lives in the mountain area. So you wouldn't know these people at all. You wouldn't even be close to these people. But um, there was a conversation on, on Facebook, and then this, this lady contacted me, and um, she is about to go through a major cancer surgery. And she's not really sure if she's going to make it all the way through. And so the weight of that is on her shoulders. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine that there's something, and I mean this kind of as a joke, but I mean, I mean to say something here. Can you imagine that there's something, there's things that's more serious than a virus to people? And here's this lady. She has two children. She's about to go through a surgery this week that she could get through or she could not get through because of where the tumor is, okay? I'm going to give you all the, but where it is. And she's going to go through this. So she's overwhelmed. She's fearful, right? She's feeling like, what will happen to my kids if I don't make it through? What's going to happen? And so we had a conversation about this particular message that I was kind of polishing up. You see, it's at that moment when you're overwhelmed and when you're worried and when you don't know what to do and when you're laying on top of the bricks that you cry out to your heavenly father to say, help me through this. I need you to come and pick me up. And we have a father in heaven that loves you as much as he does Jesus Christ and he wants to help you through that moment of pain, that moment that you're about to go through. If you think in terms that he loves you as much as Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ in the garden cried out to God and he said, Lord, if this cup could just pass from me, and God the Father said, no, you've got to go through the cup. You've got to do this. And the whole journey from that point all the way to the cross to the point where God the Father did turn his back, God the Father was with him through that process, giving him strength to get through that process. I know that he turned his back on him later, but God the Father was with him. It is the same way that God the Father treats you and I. When there's an issue, when you're overwhelmed, when a relationship doesn't work out, when there's some type of health issue, when you feel the weight of the world, when the politics are crazy and you're not sure where this world is going, if you're going to be able to get chicken or toilet paper or whatever you're trying to get, and it's just on you, do I wear a mask, do I not wear a mask, do I wear these gloves, do I not wear these gloves, do I go to this place, do I not go to this place, do I do this, do I do this, and it, it gets on your shoulders. There is a God in heaven that says, I'm your father, cry out to me, and I will give you the strength to make it through what you're going through. This particular word cry is actually of a blackbird that cries out when it's young is being eaten by a snake. 
and it cries out in anguish. You know, I can't do it. I'm not even going to do it, right? But it cries out in anguish. When you and I are crying out in anguish to God to help us, God the Father hears us, and he wants to pick us, pick us up and help us to get through the pain. See, there's nowhere in Scripture where God said that you will never have pain in this life. It's not in there. You can't find it. There isn't even any passages in Scripture where it says that if you pray to God the Father, that instantly he's going to take away the pain. That somehow or another, he's kind of like a, a magic person that rubs a, you rub a lamp and he comes out and he gives you exactly what you want. It's not the way God works. But what God does do, God the Father, is he comes alongside you and he's with you through that tough time. He's with you through it. And that is a loving father. I need God the Father. I need him. I need his guidance. I need his power. I need his presence. Now, I don't know if you realize this from my first story, I didn't always obey my dad. I don't know if you caught on to that. Didn't always obey my dad. Um, there was times he told me to do things and I didn't quite figure out exactly why he was telling me to do those things or not do those things. In fact, there was one time I was going to sing a song in church. It was, um, what was I supposed to be? I don't know if you've heard that song. It's about abortion. It's kind of a cry from the, from the womb. And I was practicing that in the service and my dad told me that I couldn't sing it. Now I'd practiced it all week, right? And I was going to sing it in the service, but my dad came to me, um, right before the service and told me I couldn't sing that song. I didn't know why. I assumed it was because of the beat. Because my dad was in the pat, he was just one of those, if it had a rhythm, he just don't sing it in church, you know, no, no drums. Um, we laugh about this now. So um, we would watch Hee Haw, but in church, okay. <clears throat> I have about this now, but you know, he, yeah. I don't know if you know about Hee Haw, but Hee Haw, you know, I hated that show, but nonetheless, um, nonetheless. So my dad told me not to. Well, it wasn't until later that I started to figure out maybe a couple of reasons why my dad had some good wisdom to that. I met a person early in ministry that had um, just had an abortion. And the aftermath of that, she was very, very sad that she had done that because she felt like she had took a life, which I believe that she had. But the anguish that that mother was going through because she went through that process was, was pretty heavy, right? And so maybe the song is right, but it wasn't the right time to sing the song in church because somebody that my dad knew was going through that process where his daughter had done it without are you following? Without his permission, and they found out, and then that song would have opened up those wounds, and it wouldn't have done what I thought it was going to do when I sang it. You see, your heavenly father sometimes tells you not to do something and doesn't tell you the reason, because to be honest with you, you should just trust him and do it. And it's only until later that you find out maybe this was the best course to take. 
Fathers in general sometimes tell their kids not to do something. They don't give them an explanation. And to be honest with you, sometimes we're telling kids not to do something because we feel like it's the wrong thing and we don't even have the answer. But we know God is telling us to tell our kids not to do that. Are you, are you tracking? The difference with God the Father is when he tells you not to do something, he knows why. He knows what is best for you. And so he tells you not to do something. So we think in scripture, maybe a scripture example would be um, the story of the prodigal son where the prodigal son said, hey, give me my inheritance. A good father would have said, hey, buddy, I don't know if this is the good, the right thing to do. Let's talk about this. And would have talked to that son a little bit about it. I think that father, the son, maybe, uh, it's not in the story. I'm just making up this part. If it had been me, well, dad, why don't you just give it to me, blah, blah, blah. And we just kind of worked it out and then, The inheritance is given, and then the son runs off, right? And the father is thinking in the back of his mind, he's going to waste that inheritance because he's an idiot. You can love your children and still think, that's really a a stupid decision they're making, but we're going to let them make it, and let's see where this this takes them, right? A father will do that. So this father lets lets his son go out, and he winds up in a pig pen, right? He winds up in a pig pen. And while he's in that pig pen and he's feeling bad about what he's done and he knows that he has wasted the inheritance, he decides to go back home and make his dad an offer. Now, this is worth looking at for a moment. So turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. We'll begin reading in verse 20. He's decided to go home. He's decided to say, hey, I will be one of your slaves. I'll be one of your servants. I just need some food. You don't have to call me your son anymore. That's what the guy's thinking. So verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father totally ignored what his son had said, totally ignored that he wanted to come back as a slave. And he said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to celebrate. You see, what the son had done with the inheritance didn't matter at this point. What mattered was the son was coming home. And he wasn't going to change the son's position as a family member just because he did something stupid. And so the father welcomed his son home with open arms and celebrated the fact that he was lost but now was found. Aren't you glad that your heavenly father doesn't just beat you over the head, right, when you've done something wrong, you know? Like, like some, some people kind of do sometimes, you know, they, they kind of say, yeah, you're forgiven. But then, you know, three months later, it's like, do you remember when you blah, 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 right? Do you, do you have those friends? God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. Do what? 
Oh, you got that wife. Okay. Okay. Um, right now I'm doing Zoom counseling appointments and we'll, we'll work it out. We might even can meet here in social distance. Yeah. Might be here. Yeah. Don't move back to England just yet. Okay. So just wait, on, wait a few minutes. Anyway, nonetheless, you, you have that. God the Father doesn't do that. You see, I'm a child of his and it doesn't change. I'm a child of his through the Lord Jesus Christ, his son. It doesn't change. I was chosen. <laughs> I was chosen before the foundation of the earth in Christ. I was chosen. I was predestined to be adopted because of Jesus Christ. That's what I was. I chose Christ. I accepted him as my savior, but God the Father chose me. And he's not going to renege on that choice. He's just not going to renege on that choice. I am always going to be his son. And even though I'm not worthy to be his son any day of the week, I am worthy in the Lord Jesus Christ and I'm never not going to be his child. That's an amazing thing. So I don't know if you've ran away, if you've done some stupid things this week and, and you know it was against the scripture, but you did them anyway. This is what I'm here to tell you. Right now, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He is up in heaven with his arms open wide waiting for you to come home. And you need to come home. I think sin often, sin and disobeying your father often helps you realize your need for the father. It's the times that I've not done what my dad told me, reap the consequences that I realized I really need to listen to his wisdom. I really need to listen to what he's telling me. The difference is God the father in heaven is perfect. So anything that he tells you is right. You never have to debate it. You just have to do it. So we need him. So God the Father, we need him. What else do we need him for? Well, I'll run through these two, last two things kind of quickly. God the Father in scripture provides every single need that you have. Every single need that you have. He provides you with a place to stay. He you, uh, gives you food. He gives you relationships. He gives you everything that you need. He doesn't give you everything that you want. Could he? Yeah, he's rich enough, right? He's rich enough to spoil you rotten, but he's not going to spoil you rotten. He knows what's good for you and what's not good for you, and he gives you the things that only benefit you, the things that you need. So if you're worried about your next meal, if you're worried about your next paycheck, if you're worried about um, having any of your needs uh, met, I'm here to tell you today, you need God the Father, and he is going to supply your needs. He's going to supply your needs. You may not know how, but he is going to supply your needs. The next thing that we need is I need a father who's not only with me when I disobey, he's not only with me when I'm going through a tough time, but I need a father that's with me in the good times, that celebrates with me. Isn't that what a good father does? He celebrates too? I mean, yeah, he's an authority figure, but he's with you when you do, you know, something good, and he celebrates with you, and he's like, yeah, this is absolutely incredible. This is great. I need God the Father with me when I'm on vacation, right? Sometimes we go on vacation, and we take vacation from everything, right? Work, school, church, God. 
out the door, right? And what happens over the course of vacation is we get further and further away in our relationship with God the Father. Who, by the way, wants to experience that vacation with you? He wants to walk with you down to the beach, show you his creation, and say, hey, I made this for your enjoyment. I'm glad you're here. Let's spend some time together. God the Father wants to go with you to the mountains. He wants you to look at his creation and experience his creation with him. He wants to be with you. He is not an absent father. See, I need a father that's with me in the good times, not just the bad. I don't need a father in heaven that just shows up when I'm, when I'm testy, bad, or things are going bad for me, right? I need a father who's with me in the good times. Isn't it great when your dad showed up for the celebration that you had, like your graduation or, or, or something that had good for you? Isn't it? Right? Because that's what, that's what a good dad does. He shows up. And I need my Heavenly Father at all times. Do not underestimate the power of the presence of your Heavenly Father with you. He takes you places. He teaches you places. When I open up my Bible in the morning, I don't really open it up. That's a lie. I actually press the Bible app. I go to YouVersion. Press the, anyway, I open the Bible on my device. Okay, I read the Bible. When I do that, my Heavenly Father is in heaven waiting to teach me something from that word. How does he do that? Well, he sent the Holy Spirit. God the Father sent the Holy Spirit so that I could learn stuff from his word. That's the way that goes. Why? Because it's important for me to be educated. God takes me places, has, has different experiences for me different, during a particular day. Different experiences during a particular day. He's with me, teaching me, helping me. He uses uh, Jesus and the Holy Spirit to do all of that. It's an amazing thing. So God the Father not only wants to celebrate with you, he wants to teach you and guide you and help you through each and every day. That is an amazing father. And you and I need a father like that. Um, I know, I know that fathers sometimes do not emulate what God the Father is. I know that. But this is what I do know. It's a great thing that there's a Father in heaven that will take that position in your life and be the loving, caring, nurturing Father that you need. And at the end of the day, I love my dad, but my Heavenly Father is really all I need. He's all I need. And my, if my dad was standing here today, he would tell you it's all he needs as well. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the stage you've given us, and we thank you for your love and care for us. We thank you that you are a father that loves us and wants to be with us. Very thankful for that. We're thankful that during our times of need that we're able to cry out to you as Abba Father, an intimate, intimate cry. We're thankful, Father, that you welcome us home with open arms when we fail to follow you. We need that. 
We need a father that loves us that much, that ignores when we say we're unworthy. Thank you. Thank you for allowing us to be your children through your son. We're also thankful, Father, for you being with us in the good times. And it's during those times, Father, that we see your creation and we see the things that you're showing us that we, we just want to say thank you and how awesome and wonderful you really are. So I pray for everybody here today that during this next week, they'll practice your presence. They'll grab a hold of the one Father that they know that really, really loves them. And that love never changes. So we cry out to you in this moment. From right where we are, from success, failure, or just kind of we're not sure what's happening. We cry out to you and we say, Lord, we need you. We need you every hour. We need you. And we make this cry in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing this. Um, as a closing song. I've carried a burden for too long on my own. I wasn't created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I see it now, I'm laying it down, and I know that I need you. I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason. My soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again and again. Oh, oh, oh. You saw my condition, had a plan from the start. Your son for redemption, the price for my heart. And I don't have a context for that kind of love. I don't understand, I can't comprehend all I know is. I run to the Father, I fall into grace, I'm done with the hiding, no reason to wait, my heart needs a surgeon, my soul needs a friend, so I'll run to the Father again and again and again. 
So I run. 